This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Episode 126, Healthy Financial Boundaries with Family and Friends. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are touching on having financial boundaries. Yes. Ah, boundaries. It's such a beautiful word when you understand them. Mm, Yes. And we, we know we need financial boundaries with family, but we don't think of it so much with friends. And so we're also going to be talking about that too. Um, So I hope everyone gets something out of this episode, even if you don't have family that is crossing those boundaries, though most people do. So yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people will get a lot of things out of this episode. Mm -hmm. But first, our sponsors. (laughs) Next is saying no. Yup, you've heard this sponsor before. And they're back to remind us that no is an acceptable answer and a complete sentence. Mm. I love those recurring committed sponsors that just keep coming at you. It's well-paying and it is a necessary reminder. Mm. We need this reminder daily. Only the best. Only the best sponsors on this show. So boundaries. Yeah. Let's let's talk about them. (laughs) Let's do it. As a licensed social worker, define a boundary for us. Yeah. So really a boundary in, there's all sorts of definitions, surely. But to me, it's recognizing what is my responsibility and what is not. Good. Which sounds so simple, but I, and I'm not trying to say that, oh, it is that simple. It is a pretty simple concept, but the reality is, is that there is overlap. The reason why boundaries are so tricky and we get so tripped up with them is because we do bear influence on one another. So my actions and attitudes and behaviors, while they are my own and my responsibility, they do bear weight on other people, affect other people, impact other people. And so some of that we do have to to take ownership of that, um, be willing to apologize or be, uh, or, or recognize, yep, I did that and maybe I'm okay with that. Um, but not to cross over boundaries, either step over ourselves or step over another person to take on what is not our responsibility. So while it's a pretty simple concept, it can be tough to delineate those lines. And I would say it takes a lifetime to recognize where the boundary lines fall. Because the reality is also boundary lines are is not they're not one static thing. Our boundaries can shift and change. Our boundaries might look different in certain relationships than others. I almost describe it like if we were to take a walk down the road and just look at the different types of boundary lines that exist, we might see shrubs demarcating 
boundary lines. We might see fences or gates or stone walls or no wall at all or just a sidewalk meeting up with grass. Like there's all sorts, it's similar in our personal lives, our relationships, our our finances. There are different types of boundaries. And so part of this process, as we talk about financial boundaries, is recognizing that they're different. It's not as if I just make one statement of, I don't lend money to people, and that's it. That's very, very rigid. It might be that I don't lend money to so-and-so, or I don't lend money without XYZ present, or that's just an example. Uh, But as an overarching um, explanation of boundaries in general, I would say recognizing responsibility. What's mine to pick up? What's not mine? And how do I make sure I do not pick up what does not belong to me? Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. That was, yeah, that was thorough. And I, I think a lot of people fall. I mean, it's easy to make very rigid boundaries, mm-hmm. um, but it's, and it's, healthier than not having any boundaries for sure. Um, But we want to be the best version of ourselves. So we want to learn how to have appropriate boundaries um, and boundaries that are fluid where they need to be and rigid where they need to be. So, yeah, this first article is from Holly Shearer and it's when helping hurts how to set financial boundaries. What did you like on this one, Jill? I like what this article has to say about boundaries and resentment. Uh, And so my perspective on this is when we are determining where our boundary lines fall, resentment and bitterness are usually good indicator signs that a boundary has been or is being crossed. Uh, Where we start to perceive this inside of ourselves, usually it's an indicator of, oh, why am I experiencing this? It might be because of a boundary that has yet to be discovered, uh, is already there, and I just need to perceive it a bit better. And so some of the reasons that resentment or bitterness might come in, they list out three reasons in this article. It is expectations, manipulation, lending, um, these different things that can lead to bitterness, resentment, a boundary line being crossed. And so they talk about expectations, maybe that you, a hope that you had had or somebody else had of you um, and, and maybe being disappointed and that leading to, um, yeah, boundary lines being crossed or where there might be manipulation of somebody trying to get you to do something that maybe you're not comfortable with by using different types of guilt tactics or relational um, tactics to get you to do something to sidestep what it is that you might feel comfortable with. And another common thing that can lead us to resentment would be lending money where we're not comfortable doing that, where maybe we don't have the money to lend. Um, yeah, so these kind of three different categories that they list out. Certainly, I think there's there's more than this. This is not a comprehensive mm-hmm. list, but I think important to look at these areas, um, how they play a role in our lives and whether we're perceiving boundary lines for ourselves in these areas. Yeah, I specifically like, I want to touch more on, I don't like, I want to touch more on the manipulation part because mm-hmm. um, I feel like this is a big thing in families, especially immediate family members, is that people will use um, guilt, shame, threats, triangulation, um, blame, bribery, even lies um, to make you feel responsible for something financially. So whether that's supporting a family member or not just lending money, but there are a lot of ways um, that you can be manipulated out of your money and the family is trying to make you think that it's your responsibility um, for for toxic reasons mm-hmm. um, in toxic ways. So, and this is something that definitely will take some um, outside help, like you're not going to figure this out by listening to a podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm actually very excited about our sponsor, our, our literal sponsor today, um, to help yeah. help out with this. But we'll talk about that later. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something that you need to go through and work out to figure out. Oh my gosh, that I mean, she is trying to guilt me. She is trying to shame me. He is um, bribing me um, or or blaming me into making me think that this financial thing is my responsibility. Well said. And I will want to highlight the fact that usually, particularly in family dynamics, there are deep rooted patterns that will not just disappear overnight because we've heard of this term called boundaries. It will take lots of work and uh, personal clarity and confidence in the boundaries that you're perceiving to be able to move forward well. Anytime we set a new boundary where it has not been before, people will push against it. Mm-hmm. People will not just immediately respect boundary lines. Uh, and it will often disrupt, especially where there are established patterns um, of relating previously. It's it's not going to be an easy thing to implement or even an easy thing to identify as, as you know, the person trying to set these boundaries. So I will echo what you're saying, Jen, of needing assistance in this process, preferably by a trained professional who can help be um, another perspective, an, an unbiased perspective to be able to point some of these things out, give you a script to be able to do this and help you with the confidence that you need to be able to stick to that thing until it becomes the new established pattern uh, where we train people how to treat us. And and there will be a training process in this um, depending on, too, how unhealthy the established pattern is. I mean, if we're talking about guilt, shame, threats, triangulation, lies, blame, bribery, holy smokes, that's uh, that's not just a one-man job mm-hmm. if you are caught up into that vortex of things. And when it comes to money, yeah, it can get very, very messy. And therapy, counseling, wise counsel uh, can be very, very useful if this is the type of situation you find yourself in. Yeah. And I think it's not just – so sometimes we associate these with like negative emotions and experiences, but you can have poor financial boundaries with your family even if you associate it with um, – positively, like with success and like you're – you know, you've been successful, you have money, and you're taking care of people. Or even if you don't have money, you just are such a, a people pleaser and a um, you enjoy helping people. And so this like brings you joy. Just because it brings you joy doesn't mean it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so boundaries are even more important for you because mm-hmm. you don't want to one day like build bitterness and resentment after nobody appreciates you for so many years and all you doing this. I'm not saying that will happen, but even if you feel any time that this is fin- like a financial matter, that something with your money involves your finances, mm-hmm. then you have to take a look at it and hopefully get a third party to look at what's going on. Um, so whether that is a counselor that's maybe helping you through some like family stuff. I I mean, this happens a lot after, you know, maybe somebody passes away and somebody has to take on a mortgage or some other kind of loan or something. Mm-hmm. Then maybe your people are expecting you to be the one to take grandma's house because of where you're at. But like financially, that's not where you are or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it can be so many different things. And it's definitely healthy to get a third party, a neutral party to look at it whether it's counseling or whether it's, you know, an attorney or whatever, whatever works in the situation. Yeah, it's such a good point. It's not just about means, whether or not I have the means. Certainly, it, it's advisable to not be helping or financially to extreme amounts if you don't have the money to do that. So yes, that's true. And it is also true, as even the title of this article is communicating, 
just helping, even if you have the means to do so, has the potential of actually hurting or causing harm. That there is a a space that we can step into that is taking away from another person's autonomy or ability to learn do for themselves, right? That like teach a man to fish or like just give him a fish kind of mm-hmm. concept. And and this is going to sound a little bit hokey, but I do think it's an excellent illustration that similar to this concept of of potentially hurting where we actually think we might be helping. If we were to think about, I, I, I use this illustration sometimes even in counseling because boundaries is where a lot of the counseling does go. It is a complicated topic. It can be. Is to think about a butterfly. Granted, butterflies are not actually my favorite. Uh, I get it that they're pretty, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're still an insect. But here you go. Butterflies, we all know, start from caterpillars. When they are in their cocoon and coming out of their cocoon, preparing to be that beautiful butterfly insect, it it's quite a struggle for them to come out of their cocoon. And to the untrained, naive, maybe even potentially ignorant person could think, let me just go help like tear open that cocoon. Let this butterfly like fly free uh, sooner than what they they could have or let's save them from the struggle. And in reality, if we were to do that, it, we would weaken the butterfly's muscles. They would not be able to actually fly away. It kills the butterfly to open up their cocoon uh, and not allow them to do it themselves. I think that this concept does relate sometimes into this boundaries conversation, particularly financial boundaries, that sometimes saving someone from a struggle is not actually helping them. It can actually hurt or stunt their growth, their ability to move forward, build their own skill sets, um, become more independent in in this process. So even if we have the ability to come break open that cocoon, there are times when we shouldn't. This, of course, is different for every person. It does require our own introspection, our our own look at patterns. And so that's a big, if I could, you know, pull out a tip in this uh, little conversation right now, it would be to look at patterns of is this friend or family member constantly coming to you for money? Are they constantly forgetting their wallet? Do they constantly need reminders to reimburse you for X, Y, Z? Okay, that's a good indicator sign that there needs to be a boundary established. We're not talking about your one-off friend situation where they really hit a rough patch and they're asking for some help. We're talking about really needing to establish some boundaries where we are seeing patterns of unhealth, which we can identify in ourselves by looking for those indicator signs of bitterness and resentment and starting to identify, okay, so what do I need to do here? Or there could be our own pattern. Maybe it's not necessarily with a specific person, but our own pattern of why do I keep picking up the bill every time I go out to a restaurant with anybody that might be a personal issue than it is an issue of other individuals. And if you're walking away with resentment of why am I always the one? Why am I the one who X, Y, Z? Why does everything always fall on me? If you find yourself asking that question a lot or versions of that question, it's an indicator sign that probably boundaries need to come into place. Maybe you're having difficulty saying no. Maybe you are feeling your own internal sense of guilt and shame that is not being put on you by other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of different layers here. Um, But ultimately, uh, to go back to my first point here of being careful to not save people from a struggle, clouding it in this, I'm helping. You might not be. You might be hindering. You might be um, creating a dependence that's not necessary. Yeah. But it's so hard to identify whether that is a hindrance or an actual help. And it's messy. And it Mm -hmm. is going to take some, I mean, it might take some times of messing that up Mm -hmm. um, to understand it, to learn it. It's not cut and dry. It's messy. Oh, my word. There are landmines all 
over this thing. And that is okay. It's okay if we walk away from a situation being like, oh, that was a boundary line that was just crossed. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but now I do. It's what we do with those things and mm-hmm. how we choose to move forward. Um, and and still being kind and generous along the way, but beginning to be a bit more discerning with was that kind and generous or was that maybe even hurtful but shrouded in this generosity that's not actually a generosity. Uh, so really, yeah, just starting to ask these questions to ourselves is a great place to begin. And there's no shame in messing up in the process. Yes, absolutely. Um, So then the article goes on to kind of explain how to prevent resentment. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the tips she gives is to give without expectation of getting anything in return. Um, Mm -hmm. So give freely and joyfully, not because you feel guilty or manipulated. Again, even if you are giving freely and joyfully, Uh, observe if there is a pattern to that Mm -hmm. uh, because you may be hindering without realizing it, um, you know, at at your family's expense. Yeah. And I think this is a great tip to consider every time you are, you might pay for something for another person or lend money. I would say to do it with no expectation of getting it back. If you can do it with that in mind and you feel comfortable with that, then great, move forward. If you are like, no, if I never see this money again, that will ruin relationship. Okay, don't do it. That's a good indicator sign that this probably is not the best choice for you in this situation. And it is okay to say no. Just because somebody asks for something, if you can't do it, whether because financial means or your own personal boundary lines, being able to move forward in integrity and right relationship, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. I love this one. She says, also consider if what they're going to do with the money aligns with your values. Mm -hmm. So if you're a disciplined spender, would it challenge you to give to somebody who spends frivolously or irresponsibly? Um, Or if this person does things that you don't agree with, um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's socially, personally, career, whatever, if it doesn't align with your values and the way you would spend your money, Mm -hmm. then you don't have to, to give money to that person. If someone's in a bind on paying their rent because they just went on a frivolous vacation or not, maybe not for a a luxurious vacation uh, and now they can't pay rent, that might be a good opportunity to let that little butterfly struggle and learn from the struggle. Uh, All of our choices have consequences to them and just rescuing somebody from uh, maybe their own situation that they found themselves in, it's possible that we are not honoring or dignifying a person by rescuing from them from a situation that could provide an excellent learning experience. Mm-hmm. Even if it is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some ways to consider helping friends or family members without hurting them, as this article continues to go on to say, is look at alternative ways to assist somebody who might be having difficulty financially. If we are recognizing, you know what, this may not be the best time to be giving them money or paying for something, is there another way that I can still stay invested in this relationship? One of those ways could be to help them create a budget. If you are in a situation where you you understand finances maybe a little bit better than the person that you're trying to help, then volunteer to sit down with them, look at what they make, what their expenses are, help them to identify ways that they can afford life in the future. And my goodness, is that a teaching a person to fish over giving them a fish? Yeah. And so this may not be feasible for every family member. I know I I think about this one and I can't tell you how many times I offered to help my mom with her budget, but she didn't want me to know what she was making or, mm-hmm. or any of that. So mm-hmm. that may not always be an option, but 
bringing over a home-cooked meal, I mean, every once in a while, that can be a help, or dropping off some groceries. People also don't want to feel like they are a charity case. Mm -hmm. So figuring out how to help without giving money directly or without compromising your own finances directly um, and not making them feel like charity, so, so difficult, so messy, but can be done. You just have to think about the person, what they need, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of tailor it for that. But I know home-cooked meals are definitely good, um, you know, offering up your cousin, a bag of the clothes that you're getting rid of, just being like, hey, I didn't want to bring this to the thrift store before offering it to someone. Would you want to look through it? Mm -hmm. Um, And they can say yay or nay, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, if you don't feel good about a situation, you don't have to do it. Uh, You are not obligated to, um, yeah, say yes to everything. As Mm -hmm. we've mentioned before, you can allow peace to guide you in this process. What does it feel unsettling? Maybe you can't quite put your finger on why this doesn't feel right. That's okay. You can press the pause button for now, identify what it is that you're experiencing inside yourself, and then decide how you want to move forward. Again, going back to the this what's my responsibility, what's not my responsibility. Again, pretty simple, but it can help us to have these things listed out. Um, I would encourage anybody to to do this process. Literally on a piece of paper, have two columns that, you know, one is my responsibility, what's mine, what's not mine. And and it can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be, but the simplest forms are my choices, my actions, my behaviors, my bills, my, you know, keep naming it. Okay, what's not mine? Usually it's the exact opposite of what is yours, other people's bills other people's choices, other people's actions. This can be a really helpful visual when we come upon these tricky situations to come back to this list and say, okay, where does this fall? Whose is this? And if you determine it is not your responsibility, then yes, you can just ultimately say no. Or you can decide, how do I want to move forward with something that's not mine that doesn't step over somebody else's boundary lines? Is there a way I want to come alongside and assist that also doesn't cross my boundaries that I can feel comfortable with? Um, Some sort of middle ground, radical middle territory where I am owning me and this person is owning themselves. And yet we are... Um, interconnected in that process. Again, uh, aspects of this are going to need some counseling assistance, um, somebody who might be outside of a very complicated situation to help you see and think clearly. But at least that visual can be a helpful tool to navigate some of these tricky things. Absolutely. Awesome. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. So we're going to transition a little bit. A lot of that can be taken into our next phase, but we want to talk about boundaries, financial boundaries with friends, because they're, they're different because it's not so often that your friends will be asking you questions as intimate as your family would. But there are still boundary financial boundaries that we need to set with friends that we don't always think about. So our next article is from Workable Wealth, um, and it's called uh, How to Set Better Money Boundaries. And it's by Mary Beth Storjahan. She's a certified financial planner and the author of Work Your Wealth. So um, she's a brilliant personal in the world of personal finance. And so I love how she she kind of defines these uh, financial frenemies. Mm, I love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's so real and you don't think about it until you hear it. Mm-hmm. I It's great to name it. And I think mm-hmm. a list like this can help us to see, okay, this is what we're talking about. This is why I feel uncomfortable in these types of situations. Uh, naming it is the first step always uh, and can help us in this process. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to just go through this list of financial frenemies to help us get a better handle on what are we talking about? Where are the places we might need some greater boundaries? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll name the first three and then I'll let you go through the the nice. next ones. But okay. So the first one is the entitled frenemy. Um, it's the person that says, can you pick up the tab just this one time? Mm-hmm. The second is the budget buster. And, and she or he would say, you should buy it. Treat yourself. <laughs> That's the funnest one. That's yeah, that's all mine. Um, I have been that friend. I have yes. been the budget buster friend. And we've uh, we all been all have. we have all been somebody on this list, if not multiple people mm-hmm. on this list. Um, the third is the one upper. Um, so oh, you got a hundred dollar gift card as a holiday gift from work. Nice. I got a ten thousand dollar raise during my annual review. Mm-hmm. Totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. That is that's just Why? an enemy. Yeah. Right. I don't even know if that's, that's a friend of me. That just <laughs> It's good to like hear these things and you can identify like, oh no, that's me. And you can stop that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the fourth on the list is the priors. Uh, they would say something like, how much do you make? How much did that cost you? I've done that. Like mm-hmm. the cost. How much did that cost? Yeah. The next is the green eyed monster. They would sound like this. Must be nice that you can afford such a big house. And the sixth is the FOMO frenemy. You can spend your money just this once. Usually on an experience or like something you don't want to miss out on what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So we all have these friends and we have all been these friends Mm -hmm. and they are People trying to, you've set a boundary, you've set a financial boundary, and this person is trying to break that. Mm -hmm. So you've saved and you've budgeted for your house. This friend of me is going to try and make you feel guilty for spending that. Like you've said something's out of your budget and your friend is going to try and be like, oh, just this once, do it, or you Mm -hmm. deserve it. Mm -hmm. So being aware of 
what friends say. And they, a lot of times are doing it like nicely, like you deserve it, like do this, mm-hmm. buy, buy it. It's on sale. It's such a great deal. I told you about it. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in kindness, but it is a boundary breaker. Yeah, and none of this means, oh, don't hang out with that person anymore. Absolutely not. Because right. it is our responsibility to maintain our boundaries. It is not somebody else's responsibility. We often want to put that over onto other people. And again, that's a boundary issue. To expect other people to hold and maintain your boundaries is giving over responsibility that ultimately belongs to you. And so being able to know how can I respond in this situation? And again, coming back to the statement of we train people how to treat us. Of course, this is barring abusive situations and relationships. But in our common everyday relationships, our non-abusive relationships, we train people how to treat us. And so somebody can say these things all they want. That is fine. It is up to us to identify whether or not it's okay. That's another way Brene Brown describes relation or boundaries is what's okay and what's not okay. Again, a very simple definition for something quite um complicated can be quite complicated, but it's not a problem that somebody else asks, can you pick up the tab just this one time? It is a problem if that is a boundary line that you're not comfortable with and then you do it. You are crossing over your own boundary in that situation. It is okay if you are not okay with that to say, actually, no, Uh, I am comfortable paying for my food if you can pay for your food as well. That's great. That I, That is a workable way to cover our dinner expenses mm-hmm. tonight. Of course, in your own words, but yes, that feels uncomfortable. But my goodness, this person just asked you to pay for your for, for their food. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you have ownership in this situation with what your decision is. So in any of these six examples that were just given by this article, there is a way to respond that that can maintain relationship if we continue to want relationship with that person and sets our boundaries and trains people how to treat us. Yeah. If that person is being bold and asking you to pay for their dinner, it gives you permission to be bold back and say, actually, uh, I didn't budget for this. You can always blame the budget. <laughs> yes. Like, that's no, good like, scapegoat. No, right? Nobody's going to argue with that. Um, sorry, it's, I didn't budget for this much. I only budgeted for this much. Um, you don't even have to be sorry. Right. You don't have to be sorry. Just say no. (laughs) (laughs) I always say sorry, even if I'm not sorry, you know, that's just me. Such a habit. Yeah. Or even if they asked to split the check and theirs was more than you be like, oh no, I'd really prefer separate checks. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say why. Mm-hmm. They know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know why. They got the three drinks and you got the water. So uh-huh. they know why. <laughs> yes. So I, I want to go into some strategies for supporting friends or family. They give some great ideas on here. Um, how we can respond. So we don't want to just leave you with identifying boundary lines, although that is great, but what do we do? So again, this is a reiteration of something we've already talked about, but I think good to uh, say again. The, the first tip that they give is to look at the money as a gift, not a loan. So if you do end up paying for somebody's bill or giving money to be able to give it freely, not anticipating anything in return, not anticipating that they are going to pay you back. Um, Just, can I give this freely as a gift? And if the answer is yes, then great. Go ahead and do it because you feel free in doing so. Yeah. Or even if somebody wants you to uh, do an activity with them that you would not have, um, but the activity is like very important to them, view your spending money on that as a as a gift like don't hold it mm-hmm. against them mm-hmm. but also make expectations clear for the future mm-hmm. so it's okay if this you know to do it once even if in hindsight you look back and that was a mistake like how are you going to know unless you did it yeah. um you're going with your gut and and you're doing it but make expectations clear for the future if you know in the future you will not do that activity mm-hmm. 
or spend that money again. Yes, making expectations clear, verbalizing it. It's so Don't important. let them think that you will do it again or this is a recurring thing. Mm-hmm. To be unclear is to be unkind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if it's difficult, uh, do the difficult thing and be clear. So also, um, like our sponsor from this week, when in doubt, say no. <laughs> yeah, and then see how you feel. Yeah. I will say one more thing about this article um, that really, like, hit home. Um, it's the section on set better money boundaries with yourself. Because mm. um, she says setting money boundaries with others can be challenging, but setting boundaries with yourself can be even more difficult. Because sometimes for me, I am that frenemy. I am the person saying, I deserve this. Um, Or I am the person feeling guilty about how much I spent for something I budgeted for. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, saying, oh, I can do it just this once and then next month I'll be much better. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I am my problem most of the time. I am my own frenemy. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So learn to train yourself how to treat yourself first and yes. then begin implementing these things with others. Yeah. yeah. Great tip. Yeah. You know what else is a great tip? Oh, gosh. It's the best tip of the week. It's the bill of the week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hey Jen. Hey Jill. This is Allie. I wanted to tell you my favorite bill of the week, which is is part of mine and my roommate's new favorite frugal activity, which is going to the park, is the little duck bills on all the tiny little duck babies that we see every time we go. They're adorable, and they're free to look at, and they're so cute. Anyway, thanks, you guys. That's my bill of the week. As it should be. <laughs> Yes, Allie, I've been waiting for somebody to give me that duck bill. And you mm. came up with it in such a beautiful, creative baby, way. Baby duck bills. Little baby duck bills on your frugal walk with a friend at the park. Mm. And it's free to look at. So you're like cutting down on your rent and you guys are <laughs> still friends. Uh, uh, coming up with it. bills of the week. Mm. Yes, duck bills, baby duck bills. Baby Golly. duck bills. Baby buffalo bills. Baby, <laughs> baby Bill <Clinton>. bills. <laughs> Just baby bills. <laughs> Just think about yes. more baby was bills. was a baby at one point. That's yes. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for affirming me. Oh, if you want to submit your bill of the week, if it is any kind of baby bill, all the better. But, you know, anything related to bill or bills will do. Go to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We will be entertained, overjoyed. And take it too far. (laughs) Talk about it and laugh about it for far too long. Yes. Thank you for humoring us. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. 
And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. Nerd Wallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards, a free flight, a room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Nerd Wallet, finance smarter. And now it's time for the, the lightning round. round. So today we're talking about our financial boundary stories, and it it's not all of them. I'll just share just share one big one that stands out um, for me. Uh, I could I could go on and on about my family, emotional, financial boundaries that I experience. But um, I think one that might be more relevant and more helpful is um, when I was a bridesmaid. Um, Mm. One time I was a bridesmaid and I was asked to chip in for the bridal shower cost. Uh, So I, I totally understand bachelorette party like you you pay for the bride and you know you expect that to be a little bit more but for the bridal shower I I wasn't expecting that I was like this this going to be cheap we're we're going to be paying for some food and that's it mm-hmm. and so I hear from the maid of honor that my responsibility for um the bridal shower is I think it was like over a hundred dollars. Mm. Um, and and she had like six bridesmaids. I remember it being just very outrageous, but I only paid a hundred of it. And here's why. So <laughs> I had I'd set a financial boundary, but I hadn't been vocal about it. I was paying off debt at the time. Um, we had only been paying off debt for a few months. So I we were very passionate about it. We did not make that a secret. Um, we definitely talked about how we were on a budget. We were, um, you know, doing things. I made my wedding super inexpensive, like as cheap as possible to not put a financial burden on my bridesmaids, but I only had three. Um, Mm -hmm. and so without being consulted, I just get this quote unquote bill from, you know, one of my best friends and I was super hurt. So there were two, two boundaries. Both of us were in the wrong. So I didn't make my budget known. And honestly, I didn't have a budget. I just assumed that the bridal shower would be not expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hers was she didn't consult anybody on what she was doing. She did whatever she wanted and then just gave us the bill for it. She had – she – rented out a venue, had professional catering, um, you know, along with all of the normal things that you do and just expected us all to pay for it. I found out years later, actually, I wasn't the only one upset about it. And I wasn't the only one that said somebody else said that I specifically would be upset about it. So it's not that I made, it's not that I hid that we were on a budget, which made me feel a little bit better. But so that was actually a point of contention for us for a long time. And like we got through it, um, but that was a point I put my foot down and I was like, I will only pay this much. It's what I had budgeted for. I'm sorry if that seems rude, um, but you should have consulted me and I could have told you what my budget was and maybe you would have, uh, you know gone with something cheaper. I don't know. 
It, it's different approaches to money that we collide with. And I think you, you see how others approach their own finances when you get into shared experiences yes. like that. Yes. I think the same can happen when you're on vacation with people together or, yeah, weddings are a perfect example. All, all sorts of situations where we can see people don't some, – some people do not think about it. They just spend whatever it takes. But then the problem is where that's expected of other people. And this is a problem on both sides of not communicating those expectations. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to, that this person did not communicate that this is what they were going to do, and you did not have opportunity to communicate previously prior to about that thing, or mm-hmm. even necessarily have the forethought that this is something I could run into in this situation. Uh, but now you know. <laughs> and I am sure that in other situations where weddings have happened, that now you've had this experience to speak from and say, okay, how are we handling finances? It's uncomfortable, but it takes the guesswork out of it to say, how is bridal shower being paid for? How is bachelorette being paid for? How is What kinds of dresses are we going for? What can we anticipate costs are going to be for all of us? And what are we comfortable with? Yeah, it definitely. Um, now I'm currently a bridesmaid right now um, has made me cognizant of being vocal and honest and um, not just like playing into just because everybody else is doing it. I have to spend money on it, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> yeah, sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got uh, a couple of examples. I don't only want to talk about the areas that I crush it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh-huh. I'll start here. I will say that this is it, it. It is and continues to be a learning experience for me of where are my boundary lines? They are different probably than yours, Jen, or from anybody else that I could pass on the street. And, and that's okay that we're all going to have different boundaries, but we need to know where ours are. And I would say that when I was young 20s, Uh, I didn't know this concept and had a lot of faux pas as a result of this. Um, One particular thing comes to mind that I had a friend um, who was moving and, you know, to be helpful, I was like, Hey, what, how can I help? I'm headed over there now. Um, what, what do you need from me? And they said, Oh, actually that's great. Uh, we're up to our knees, you know, moving boxes. Would you be able to pick up pizzas for everybody? And so on the fly, I did that, picked up a ton of pizzas. At the time I was very broke, like beyond broke. Um, did not have a high-paying job and had a lot of student loans. Uh, And I picked up all the pizzas expecting and anticipating that my friend who was moving would pay me for those things. But I never asked. And she, no malicious intent at all, or probably even thinking about it, I think she was so caught up in the move itself that I never got reimbursed (laughs) for those pizzas. I probably spent close to, if not more than $100, feeding everybody who was helping this person move on their moving day. Yeah, a tricky one for sure, uh, but could have been remedied by me just speaking my needs. Um, Either being okay with, okay, this is just a cost that I am willing to incur, or I can't afford this and I need to actually just ask for this money. I did not... I did not. I just didn't have it in me at the time to have asked. I wish I would have. uh, Well, now we have Venmo. And you don't even have to ask. You just charge them on Venmo. Exactly. But I think what I take from that is I mean, first of all, okay, I'm not hurting from that money to this day, but it did show me I can't put that responsibility on other people. Ultimately, that's not her fault that she did not pay me. I didn't ask. I didn't speak my needs. 
Um, and, and I'm the one who offered, what do you need? (laughs) And so maybe being a little bit more specific about what I'm able to do as in, if I could have anticipated, Hey, do you need me to pick up some pizzas? And then you can just pay me when I get there. Right? Like even that in a simple text ahead of time could have been what would have been helpful in the moment. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I've learned from that. My takeaway now is to communicate my expectations and my needs, if possible, ahead of time. So an example of how I do this currently or how how I have done this in more recent years, uh, you've probably heard if you've been listening to this podcast for a while that Eric and I have a shared family boat with his parents. We no longer get to enjoy it because we live in Florida and the boat is still back up in PA. Anyhow, <laughs> we will often have weekends where we get to take the boat out and we invite a lot of friends. There was a time when we wouldn't say anything about it. We would just take friends out, but then come to realize, oof, we provided snacks, we paid for the gas, we paid to tow the thing. Maybe there was a cost to drop the boat into the water. It easily could is about $100 when it comes to food, gas, uh, all these things to take the boat out for a day. And there would be times where I'd experience bitterness inside myself because of that. But I realized if I speak my needs ahead of time, most likely people are not going to have a problem chipping in. So we would send out with the invite text, hey, bring your own snacks and five bucks a person to chip in for gas. Everybody was thrilled with it. We get to go out on a boat and I was able to speak my needs and not have my own boundaries crossed. It was a fantastic compromise just because I was able to speak up for myself and communicate ahead of time. It is much easier to ask for these things ahead of time than afterwards. Like, oh, yeah. oh hey, that was actually 20 bucks. Similar to what you're describing, Jen, that feels unfair. It's like, well, you didn't tell me that. I would have probably made a different decision if you had spoken that ahead of time. You kind of chose for me that now I owe you this amount of money. So, uh, yeah, again, there are landmines all over this. It's okay Mm -hmm. to mess up, but let's learn from these things. Let's speak our needs. Let's communicate expectations. Let's identify where our boundary lines fall and be kinder to ourselves and ultimately kinder to other people as a result. Absolutely. Be clear and be kind. So thanks so much for listening. We want to thank you for your kind reviews on iTunes and Stitcher like this one from CY Burbs, a new tool in my tool belt. Just happens to be five stars. (laughs) These ladies are authentic, entertaining, and knowledgeable. They inspired me to make my first budget and feel confident on deciding on a 401k account. Awesome. I feel most millennials my age don't know what they're doing when it comes to money and financial planning. I will not be one of them because of this podcast. I truly appreciate that they touch on how frugality affects the environment and topics of self-care. See why burbs. Yes. We're getting such kind, genuine reviews. Yes, I'm here for it. And you know, keep leaving them because we thank you, our listeners and friends who share these episodes on social media. When you share the latest episode on Facebook or Instagram, we add you to our monthly drawing. For every five tags and reviews, like the one Jen just read, we get, we give away each month one copy of the Frugal Friends workbook. So one copy of the workbook for every five tags or reviews we get. Yes. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes or Stitcher and sending uh, screenshots to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And when you tag us at frugalfriendspodcast on social, we will see that. See you next week. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriano. So much freedom with boundaries. I know. It's like the budget is a boundary for your money and like boundary boundaries are freedom for your mental headspace. So true. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of the reasons that I feel such a friend, deeper friendship and connection with you, 
too, because I think with any friendship, finances are a part of it and the fact and, and, and a difficult thing to talk about. But because you and I talk about finances weekly together, I feel like we understand each other more and are willing to get into that territory in a way that's like not offensive and, and gives greater freedom in the friendship. Yeah. Can I have $5? Nope. (laughs) Back to our sponsor. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, bye. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at The Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at The Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done.